0: Sin sick world, and, and I've seen all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, I could just go, I could tell you story after story after story. That's not why we're here today. I've been to the cops more than I want to admit. I, my life's been threatened. My wife's been threatened to be raped and, and killed and all that. So I, I, I've had my fair share of issues, uh, but I've seen God save souls. I've seen people come to the church, and it's been a blessing. Uh, I should have put more p- pictures in that video of my church. I just love my church. I miss it dearly, the one I planted. But he is the great planter. But you'd have to ask the question as you look at Matthew 16. Okay, I mean, I know God builds his church, but do we sit here and do nothing? I mean, so what's the practical side of church planning? I mean, how does it happen? Okay, I know I need a building, I need some chairs, and I need some stuff, but how do you go from nothing to then a whole church building filled with people? Uh, I don't really know if I know that answer, but um, we're going to try to entertain that today. Uh, So we're going to plant a church right here in the afternoon service. We're going to plant one right here from scratch. I know we'd have some great wisdom from you and, uh, and, and all your experiences. But, um, but let's, uh, before we even get into the first point, we got to pick an area. I've done my research. I'm prepared today. Uh, where are we going to plant the church? Where are we burdened for right now? Raise your hand. I want to pick a location right now. It could be across town. It could be another city. It could be another state. Uh, where are you burdened to plant a church right now? Where do you think, feel like is a needy area to plant a church? Raise your hand. And I'll call on you. Yes, sir, first hand up. Mint Hill. Now, i got a Fort Mill and i got a Rock Hill, but I don't have a Mint Hill. Do you have the population of that by any chance? All right, Mint Hill. Small town, medium town, large town? Medium Hill. Uh, so, you know, because like Fort Mill and like Rock Hill, they're like 30,000, 75,000. So probably right in there. We could arbitrarily say like maybe it's 40,000 people. Twenty-six thousand. Okay. Well, thirty. I was, I was close. Yeah. All right. So thirty thousand. Is there any other place we're burdened for? So Mint Hill, North Carolina. Yes, sir. The southwest quadrant of Charlotte. I love that answer. I kind of expected it, but uh, but so the south part, the southwest part of Charlotte. All right. Did you know that Charlotte uh, city limits? are about 880,000. The metro area, which would be including small towns around that, and suburbs would be 2.6 million. And to have one church to 10,000 people, because that's what you want in church planning, you want at least one good church per 10,000 U.S. citizens, you need at least 260 churches in the metro area, 260 good churches, and 90 good churches within city limits. So that gives you perspective. That's what you would at least need to have one to 10,000. You can do better than that. I mean, you could have one to 5,000. So you want at least one good church for 10,000 U.S. citizens. That's what you want in church planting in the United States. Uh, It would generally be true across um, the world, but uh, I think U.S. anyway. Um, So now, uh, let's just pick pick Charlotte since we're in Charlotte and we're really familiar with that. And so that part probably has 100,000 people or so that could be the target area. Uh, so let's pick that southwest part, that neighborhood that the pastor's mentioning. Let's pick that as the area. And uh, what do you think we would need first? Now, today, every, every point that I have today is in priority list, in the practical steps you'd need to plant a church. So we have an area now, and we want to plant a church there. our church, every nation wants to have a, a, a little satellite there. We want to plant in southwest Charlotte. Uh, what do you need first? Yes, sir. Preacher, that is toward the beginning of the list, but it's not number one. Number one is what we'd all just already agree with, almost could go without saying, but it is number one. And they all begin with the letter P. They're P-lettered lettered words. What's the first thing? Even before the preacher uh, slash planter, that is in my list, but what is the first one? Um, your daughter had her hand up. I can't remember your name though. Karis. Oh, how do I not know that? All right, my Karis. Uh, what a building. Uh, before a building, yes, sir. Prayer, yeah, that is the first one we need to be praying praying for that area, and it's, it's a very needed step. We are talking practicality. What can I do? What can your church do? As we plant the church, we need to be praying about it. We need to be God led there. We don't want to just do it because it's a good idea. Do it because there's a need. Um, that's a good starting point. That's where you can have a desire. You can have a desire for something, but you need to be praying that God leads and that God leads you to the right people in the right area. You need to be praying. We have not because we ask not. So if there is no church, we ought to pray that God leads me to plant a church there, uses me to do that, and all that's wrapped up in the prayer for that area. Pray for the people. Pray for open doors of witnessing. Pray for a building. You know, pray for a planter. If there's no planter, say uh, your church literally was going to plant there. Uh, who 's going to lead that? is is pastor going to lead it and maybe send you out or whatever? you know what what is the structure going to look like let 's pray through the details of that. but the prayer is important, but again, uh, I think we 'd all agree with that we 'd all understand this i don 't need to belabor the prayer part because we get it if you 're somewhat spiritual you 'd almost agree with you, you wouldn 't disagree that prayer has to come kind of right at the beginning. but what would come next as a way of priority? What do you feel like would come next if we planted a church in southwest Charlotte? Yes, ma'am, in the back there. Yes, you would have to tell people about the gospel, but before you do that, there is a step that we'd have to do first. I think it might have even already been mentioned somewhere over in the room. Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, A place is important, uh, but think about this. I think there's something that has to happen before before the place, because... If we had an empty building, there's a lot of expense. I mean, you guys spend around, what was it, like 100000 a year just for a place. So uh, we, we would need some offerings for that, you know, so there's just it's an empty building. But a place is important, very important. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we, we need the planter next, the, pr- the planter, the preacher. And I put planter because you know, we're talking about church planting. But we need the church planter. I think it's the best scenario. Uh, a lot of churches plant churches and like a pastor John will go out and plant another church while pastoring this church but it's not ideal. It's done, it's God blesses it. But it's not ideal. Where is most of his focus going to be? Every Nation Baptist Church. It, there will be some focus for the plant, but he's divided. You you wouldn't want to be a manager at McDonald's and then just be another manager at another McDonald's. You can do that and there's district managers but they're not, you can't, you can only be in one place at one time. You can only soul win in one neighborhood at a time. You can only reach one person at a time. So uh, if you're currently the pastor, even if you're a staff member, I don't care if you're a staff member. I know this is not a very popular thing to say, but it is not ideal. If you had a full-time planter, it's much better. Would you like it if your pastor was never here, was always divided, and is time for you? You would expect the pastor of Every Nation Baptist Church to be at Every Nation Baptist Church. You'd expect him to, to preach here, to be here, to attend here, to give here. If he's divided, it can be done. It, definitely if you don't have a planter and you want church, your church to plant, it, it's definitely done a lot. Churches plant churches in that way where the pastor will do too, but it's not ideal. It's just not ideal. If you had a planter, though, husband and wife, kids, and he's just sold out for that plant, he could be working with Pastor John, but it's much more—it's uh, uh, much more ideal to have the planter. And uh, of course, you want the planter to be biblically qualified. You would want him to fit the qualifications for a pastor, because even after you begin your your plant, uh, he's going to be the pastor. So He must be biblically qualified. You don't want to just find us anybody, and uh, you want—he want, he needs to be that character that that you're looking for that from a pastor. You know all the qualifications there. And beyond that, uh, he must be a soul winner. He must be a soul winner. I think sometimes we're desperate for a planter, and we find a guy that just really doesn't care about soul winning, doesn't care about discipleship, is not really doctrinally strong, and uh, that church planter is going to reach the lost. It's going to disciple young married couples, broken homes, teenagers running from their parents and disobeying and uh, all kinds of stuff in ministry that's going to happen, which happens in every ministry with every pastor in every church, uh, but much more in a plant where you're reaching the lost, predominantly, if you're going to reach the lost, you need that guy to be qualified, to be a soul winner, to reach the nations, right? And so, if we're going to be in southwest Charlotte, we need a planter. Where are we going to find a planter? Good question. I don't know. No. <coughs> maybe Bible college, maybe trained from within. There's a lot of solutions to that. But, um, but we need to pray. You know we have less church planters now and missionaries than we ever have? We're at a pandemic in America, much more than COVID. We have less missionaries than we ever have been. BIMI had uh, the smallest candidate training school that they had in the history of the whole board. Uh, They had just a handful of people. And they used to have 30, 40 candidates over the summer. And they just had a handful across the board. Worldwide New Testament, uh, BMFP, BIMI, you name them all. Uh, there's less guys. I call, and I'm just crazy enough, I call everybody. I, I call John Wilkerson. I call, you know, Vision Baptist and New England Baptist College and Atlanta Coast Baptist College and Ambassador. And I always ask, Who, who's your guy in New York? And nobody, 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 nobody. There's nobody going to New York City. Uh, there's a few, actually, but... Um, but it's just it's just it's just really bad out there right now. There's less there's churches closing, there's churches that are empty. We need planters more than ever. We have not, because we asked not, we need to pray that God send forth laborers into, into the harvest. But we need to get back America. We can't complain about America and not do something about it and get planters in America planting churches. But what do we need next now? So we got the planter. Uh, even though I just told you a lot of negative things about the planter. Now we got him. He's ours. He's with every nation. He's going to help us plant a church. We got him. Now, what do we need next? We got the planter. We got the place. You know, we know where we're going. We know we're going to send that guy. Now, what do you need? Uh, I'm going to go with Esther. I think this comes before people. But people's up there. It's getting, we're getting warmer to that. Uh, what, what do you need next with the planter? Well, yeah, we have the planter. Yeah, what, what comes next? A plan does come next. I don't have plan in my slides. I keep forgetting. And every, every godly guy I always says plan. Yes, you do need a plan. What do I got next? Yeah, oh, I do have plan. I did add it in. I was smart enough to do it. Okay, this is a newer presentation. Alright, so I was smart enough. Plan. Okay, good. I was actually thinking that I knew the next word. Okay, I definitely know what's next. Alright, I was smart enough to put plan. You need a plan. You do need a plan. And uh, how much in advance do you figure out this plan? Uh, for an average church planter, just what is happening among most U.S. planters. And by the way, uh, to give you perspective, <clears throat> this, this it was not birthed out of just me. Uh, because I didn't grow up in church, someone knocked on my door, Wayne Birchwell, uh, knocked on my door um, and led me the Lord. I didn't grow up in church or anything. Uh, I've asked every church planter a lot of these same questions. And this, is, this has come from hundreds of church planters. I just ask them all these questions and, and try to get their perspective. So... Uh, how much in advance usually do you start planning the church plant, typically speaking? Yeah, one to two years, two years. You said three. Uh, three's good, but, but at least two. Yeah, most timelines that you'll see out there, Jim Townsley's got one. Uh, there's another one out in uh, Wisconsin area or the Midwest. Another guy's got one. Is Dan Klaus's pastor. Uh, he's got a two-year timeline, and there's yet another one I've seen. And usually it starts at two years in advance. It's like getting married, ladies, you know. You plan so much for just like one day. So church planning is the same thing. You're kind of like, you're planning a lot for the grand opening and what you're going to do that first year. But yeah, you're going you're gonna to start two years in advance. Two years in advance. There's a lot that comes with the plans. And generally speaking, there's, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, you're essentially reaching the loss. You're going to have to figure out your discipleship. And then you're going to disciple that lost, those lost people. Then you're going to organize them in, into a building. And, you know, there's some general plans that doesn't really change no matter what because it's biblical. You know, you're going to reach the lost, evangelize, get them baptized at some point, and then get them to join the church, you know, and, and, and encourage them to join. Uh, but that, that structure is would happen in any church. So the plan there is the same. But, but you think about the plan. Where are you going to get the chairs from? What color will be your building? I mean, even just silly questions, you know, what? What's the color scheme? What's the logo going to look, look like? What's the name going to be? Uh, the name's not that important, but it's got to be thought about in the plans. You know, what will I disciple with? You know, how long, will, how long do I want to disciple for? Do I want to do a little just a couple months thing? Do I want to do a year of discipleship? Uh, do, you know, what, what I, will I teach the kids in Sunday school? Who's going to lead the Sunday school, you know, for the kids? You know, what's, what kind of nursery items am I going to put in the nursery? You know, all these kinds of things need to be thought about. How much advertising should I do? How much money should I spend on the grand opening? What should I hand visitors when they come in? All this should be in the plans. It could go over and over again. What bank should I set up? You know, and, and all that, all the, all the financials that I've had to learn uh, a lot. But you need a plan. And sometimes two years in advance is, is when you would start. Three years, maybe the seed thoughts for a lot of that, but then definitely two years out. What do you need next now? You've got a full, developed plan that's godly and spiritual, and it's developed perfectly. You're ready to roll out a plan. You got a planter. I mean, we're getting some good elements here. What do we need next? Way in the back. Uh, yes, you will need to preach, but that's not my next point. I think this even happens before preaching to any lost people. You need one other thing. Yes, sir. Even before place. Even before preaching in a place. Yes, sir. Partners, or I have it as pennies. Uh, you need some pennies, yeah, or partners. Uh, you need people that will back you to do that um, because it just takes money to do everything. The, the carpet costs something to build this. The, I, I heard you guys painted the pulpit. You know, paint costs money. Everything costs money. Even if you want to get this like nice little white jug, it costs money. You know, if you want a nice pretty Bible on the Lord's Supper set, you got to have an extra Bible to put there all the time that it just sits there pretty that no one even uses. It just sits there. But, uh, you know, it takes money to do all that. To fill the baptistry, there's a cost to water. There's a cost for everything. So you need pennies. On average, in an urban area, we mentioned Charlotte is where we're targeting. So let's keep that in context. New York City, Charlotte, Chicago, you know, Miami. Uh, How many pennies a month does that planter need on average these days? It's different than 10 years ago. I've, 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 I've been learning very quickly. How many pennies? What's that monthly support What are you looking for, for an average planter now in an urban city area on a monthly basis to live life and plant a church? Yeah, let's say he's married with, uh, let's say, two kids. We'll just do it like an average guy. Uh, I've got three children. Uh, How many children do you have? You got two? There you go. Look at that. Husband, wife, two kids. Perfect. Perfect example. Let's think of him. What does he need for Charlotte on a monthly basis? As being be in an urban area. Any guesses at all? Yes, sir, in the back there. Uh, I think 6 is kind of low. I think you could start at 6. It would go anywhere from 6 to 10 if you're in a northeastern area. uh, Definitely closer to 9 or 10,000 a month these days. Uh, Even upwards to 8 to 10, depending on the neighborhood and where you're at in the northeast. Whether you're in New England or, or just New York City, uh, when you're in the major city like L.A. or New York City, definitely toward that ten ten thousand a month is what it is these days. Uh, but six, five, or five is really meager. I mean, your housing's like three thousand in, in in the Northeast cities, and I would assume in L.A. and in like like Chicago. Uh, so five and six would be definitely very low. Uh, that that would be bare bones. You can do it. It's kind of tight. And uh, what's the number one leading cause of divorce? Isn't it financial, typically? So, uh, yeah, let's just make our church planner poor, so he's marriage problems. I think we should take care of the money. Um, now, what are three ways we can get those pennies? Okay, so I think 6000 is good. Let's just say for Charlotte, I think 8000 would be a little bit better uh, for that guy, ideally speaking. It's, it's, it's all make-believe anyway. Uh, but, you know, we'll just give him 8000 you know, uh it will make it easy on his marriage and they don't have to fight his wife, you know, having to struggle for food. You know, uh, you know, let's give him eight grand. He'll he'll be happy with that. And it's fake money anyway. We can give it out like water. Uh what's that? If it's fake, then let's go ten. Let's go ten. Let's give him ten grand. Yeah, yeah. No, new guys coming to New York City, they're they're uh spending ten. Did it did it sleep on me? Uh yeah, new guys coming in are nine and ten thousand. It's really what they're they have. Uh, by the way, every church planner I talk to has more money than me. It's, it's really wild. Uh, I am not at that at all. All right, well, I already gave you my first point. So there's one way to do it, support. We've all been talking about that, gain supporting churches. You know, every missionary church planner does that. Uh, what are some other ways you can get the money? You can go the support route, which I, I suggest. I think, it's the, I think it's the ideal way. I think it's the best way to go around and raise your support. Uh, then you have prayer partners, that they, they can pray across the country for your daughter who has cancer, those kind of things, that's very helpful, but what would be another way we can get that money? Yes, sir? Yeah, you could work, that's my second point. Uh, yeah, you could just work a job. It, now, this is not ideal, it can be done, and it's, it's more successful in the West and in rural parts of the United States. It really speaks a lot to the people, and it's almost an evangelistic tool, um, now, the Northeast guys that do it struggle because the business mindset of an urban area or, or even a lower income area, they, they just want your time. And, and, and even just knowing that you're available is, is far easier in an urban environment than it is in like a country, so, uh, suburban, or even a, a rural spot. Uh, working makes more sense there. But it can be done. But again, if you're even working 40, 50 hours, you're divided. You're giving 40, 50 hours to some lost guy, or maybe it's a Christian boss, but then can you imagine if you put 40, 50, 60 hours in church, in church planning, You'd get far more done. I would, I would rather take a fully supported church planner that gives 100% all week long to the plant than someone that just has 10, 20 hours left over, 10, 10 20 at best. And if you're given 40 hours at a regular job, you still have your family time, and when, when are you giving to the church? One day a week? To plant a church, I mean, and we, we wonder why they're struggling. So I think it's it can be done. I mean, I'm I'm not criticizing these other methods. But it is another method, uh, and some guys just like to work. Fine, fine, work. Uh, but you know, you can find ways to work in the ministry. You know, if you just like working with your hands, you know, build your own welcome desk, build your own cross, uh, build the whole baptistry. You know, for, for crying out loud, you know, hang all the drywall, paint all the walls. If you want to be busy, there's plenty to be busy for. So uh, I, I think guys that work with their hand, they get kind of stir crazy. Well. Go out and win the whole neighborhood. You know, if you feel like, as if you're being lazy or that it just tends to laziness, well, then get busy or be like Dave Wilton, be ADHD and just do everything. No, but, uh, but you know, get, you can just work a job. But what would be another way to um, get that money? I think there's even yet another way. Uh, getting that support, ideal, working, it can be done. It's highly successful in, an, in a rural area, but we're in Charlotte, so we maybe go the support route better. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, yeah, any combo. That's not necessarily a trick number three, but, yes, any combination, a part-time. Yes, yeah. so if you had some support, part-time working, and then, you know, part-time church planting. Yes, well, what would be another way that you can get that money? Uh, let's go over here. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I put it. I just put be rich, you know, just have money. Uh, <laughs> Uh, funny enough, though, I've heard of it twice. Where a guy, uh, a guy from real estate, didn't need the money, and uh, he financed a lot of what he did. He just came from his family was uh, like a real estate mogul family, and he was wealthy. I mean, this, this was a church planner, United States church planner, uh, and um, and this is how rich he was. Uh, Bruce Willis looked at his house, wanted to buy his house. So he was very wealthy, had a million dollar home, you know, and yet he he gave it to a church planning. And uh, and he financed a lot of it on his own from his own bank. He was just wealthy. The family was wealthy, and I think even his family helped him. And there might have even been temporary loans, but loan is not preferable. You're starting with debt. Uh, but i you know you know getting your first building. And sometimes there's a unique opportunity. I know one planter out in Oklahoma. I just learned about. I think he paid four thousand for his building. Bought it for four thousand. And it's like, it's, I think it's even bigger than this. Like, it's a lot of square footage. It was just shocking. Um, so, you know, sometimes there is an opportunity to buy something. Now, 4000 I think we'd all buy that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes there's a worthy investment of a $50,000 building or even a $100,000 building at the beginning of a plant. Could be, could be alluring, could be worth the debt, you know, something reasonable. It's not reasonable to buy millions of dollars worth of property at the beginning uh, unless you really know God's in that thing. But... Uh, but we're talking about being rich, so it is possible. Uh, is anybody rich? Anybody just loaded in millions of dollars? All right, we can move on from that then. So uh, I think if you're not just a millionaire and you have tons of money, you know, rich might not be the way. Either working or supporting yourself, or a hybrid, as Pastor said, which is a great, great perspective. And that's how you get them pennies. We we're giving eight thousand to that young guy. Now let's get into the fun parts. Now what do we, uh, what do we need? Couple, couple more points here. Right there. Yes. Yes. What is that? Faith? Yes, you need tons of faith. It's a P word, though. Uh, but yeah, the whole way you need faith. The just shall live by faith. We're already living by faith. Our planter's are already spiritual. So we already have a ton of faith. I think, I think at this point you'd have to anyway <laughs> to get that 8,000 pennies. Or actually, you know, what is that, 8 million pennies? Eight, 800 million pennies? I don't know what 8,000 converts into pennies. Uh, someone do the math. That would be really funny. Uh, but uh, what do we need next? It's a P word. We've already said it. So I think you said it, actually. What do you think? You need the people. That is next. You need people. Yes. Now, way down the middle of the list is people. For some reason, a lot of us say people first. I think when we think of church planning, well, you've got to reach people. you know. So I think it, by default it's an easy answer. But I, this is where I put people. I think people comes after all of this. You have the planter, you have definitely the place we've decided, Southwest Charlotte, or we could even throw in Mint Hill, uh, you know, 30-some thousand or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's got his support now, he's ready to go, and now you need people. You move to the area. Well, that's easy to say, isn't it, though? I mean, we need people today, right? I mean, every church needs people. There's, there's empty chairs in every church. Uh, so how do you get them people? How do you fill these chairs? There's some empty chairs. There's some, there's some potential here. For a person, but there's no person here. How do you get that person in there? Uh, So I need some people. How how do I get people? How do you get people? There's there's 8.8 million of them in New York City. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, soul winner. You know what I really feel like most church planters' problem is? It's soul winning. It's evangelizing. That's the number one issue. We don't talk about it a lot, but it's really true. Uh, Now I'm a Gabber, so it comes a little bit naturally for me. Uh, but every church planter, let me tell you, every single church planter that you ever come in contact with, that is their number one need. If if there is no church, there is no building. There's nothing. You've got to find people. I mean, at some point, after all your money is spent, after you get your place in the area and you're you're ready to go, you got your whole plan, you gotta find people. You have to. You have to soul win. You have to be a soul winner and do it the most biblical way. I think we always uh, uh, argue about methodology. Well, just do the best method you know how and go get them. You know, go be a soul winner. Preach repentance. Preach uh, believing. You know, be aggressive. Be kind. Be be long-suffering and patient. Be biblical. Quote verses. Quote a thousand verses. I don't care. I don't care what you feel is the best method. Let's stop arguing about the method and go do it. Let's go do it. We need people. We need people. And you can you can be a soul winner, you can evangelize the lost. By the way, a church planter does not collect Christians, it, it reaches the lost. Church planters do not collect Christians, they reach the lost. It, it, there's a reason I'm saying that, because it's crazy what's done out there. No, no, you reach the lost. Why did God lead you to that area? Just collect Christians? To be another social club? No, no, we're not we're not just giving another option to Christians in the area. We're going to plant a new church and reaching lost people, seeing them converted, and then collecting those into a building. We're evangelizing the lost. God's told us to do this. It's all over the Great Commission. Luke liked it so much, he put it twice in Luke and in Acts. You know, he, he just liked it. He just kept reminding us we got to be witnesses. You got to go everywhere, preach the gospel, evangelize. What's another way to win the lost? That is the primary. I think you should do a lot of that door knocking, open air stuff, preaching, conversations. At, The bus stop, you know, walking around, grocery store conversations. That should be the bulk of what we do. That's how we reach people. And by the way, that's how we grow. If we don't reach another person, this church will die. If every church doesn't reach another person, the churches will die. We need to reach the lost. The church is on its path to die right now. And every plant, definitely, if you have nobody. (laughs) So evangelize. What's another way we can get some people? Yes, sir. Give them Bibles. Amen. John and Romans. Uh, yeah, that's another way. Um, this kind of is in another category, though. So I think you could summarize giving a Bible out, uh, even giving a tract uh, as a nonverbal. So what what kind of word would we say for that? Yeah, advertising. That's a good word. Or uh, I'm sorry, I'm not even there yet. Okay, well, I'll give you that one. We'll come back. So I did, ha- did have advertising. I thought it was actually my second point. Uh, yeah, so the nonverbal. Billboards, uh, tracts, John and Romans, Bibles subway, you know, prayer stations or something like that. Sometimes it's done in New York City, you know, or bus stops or whatever. Uh, But just nonverbal. Ways you can get the gospel out without talking. Uh, Talking is primary. It should be number one. Uh, Both these events are secondary to the evangelizing. Now, community events more, as long as it's evangelistic, is more like in that wheelhouse. But, yeah, nonverbal advertising. Just getting the gospel out there. And also getting the word out there that you're a church, that you exist there, that you're in this location, you're, you're there, this is where that new church is, and especially for the first service, you know, grand opening, you know, let's say like Grace Baptist Church, you know, it's really funny, we always kind of come up with creative names in church planning, and we're in an area that doesn't have a good church, we could, we need, we need all the Graces and Emmanuels and, and Faiths, you know, in those new areas too, you know, not just the weird names, but, uh, but anyways, um, I, I thought about that, you know, maybe the next plant I should, should just do like Grace Baptist or something, because uh, I don't think Staten Island has a Grace or a Faith or an Emmanuel or a Brian, you know, I just, maybe I'll plant all those, you know. Uh, but anyways, advertising, and then of course we had the, there in the middle there, community events. Uh, why don't you market on something that the city already does, and the cities do lots of things, parades, community events, you know, fairs, uh, sports things, uh, college things, uh, just the city of Charlotte itself. I mean, I, I'm sure has a number of things, and you ought to do what your neighborhood already does. You know, we, some of our biggest days were what New York City already did. They did something, we monopolized on a community event, and we got involved and evangelized the loss. And we, uh, I think the biggest event ever, we had like 80 people, and we had like 20 visitors, just because we monopolized on a community event. If you hear about stuff going on, you know, get involved, attend uh, you know, and, and, and get yourself out there to get those people. That's where the people are. That's what the people are doing. Now, there can be definitely issues with community events, uh, especially with uh, social and political issues and alternative lifestyle issues can definitely be challenging and may, not, may be counterproductive in many ways. Uh, but, you know, there's ways around some of that. But you got to be careful. You don't want to just do everything and then compromise the holiness of a Christian just because you want to get involved in the community. And some of it, you know, there is public nudity at some of these things. I'm trying to just beat around the bush for the kids' sake. Uh, You know, we don't need to throw that in their face. But there's sometimes a very sinful uh, event, and we're not going to go to everything just because it's a community event. Uh, I would sometimes attend things just to check it out and just go by myself uh, just to see what happens. And I remember one such event, and they said, uh, we want every teenager to go through the community center here. And they were evangelistic for every teen. They wanted to reach every teen in Staten Island. I got such a burden in that. I, I, was like, I was like Paul. You know, his spirit stirred into him as he saw the city wholly given to sin. You know. But him, idolatry, for me, it was like this particular sin. I was like, man, I, we need to reach every teen for God. Uh, so definitely, there's a lot of community events to reach those people. And um, now we got a bunch of people. Isn't that exciting? But just, but just by theory, we have, we have people. Yeah, like 50 people. Let's just say 50. Now, what do we need? We need to put those people somewhere. We need to put those core group of believers. We, 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 haven't, even, we haven't even put a, a building down yet. What do we need next? We got people now. And I go people before building. Well, so what is next? The, we can all say it together, the place. We need the place. If it goes, oh, I had another one, social media. That's We'll, we'll skip that one. Oh, what? Where's the place at? Uh... Am I missing a slide? I, I think uh should have said place in there. Okay, anyways, you need a place. I don't know why it's not in there. Uh, I made a mistake. Uh, but then you need a place next. And uh, you need a place for them to meet. And uh, I think the best situation is the storefront or your own building if possible. Definitely is the best place. And our first storefront was $1,000. And then the, uh, the second storefront was 3000 the one you saw that bigger space was 3000 a month, and we really liked that. It was about 3,000 square feet, and there you get a dollar a square foot, usually, typically. And so, yeah, all kinds of places, public schools, you know, VFW buildings, uh, other churches, not ideal. Uh, I don't, I've never liked where you meet in another guy's church, uh, even if it's another Baptist church, you know, let alone a different denomination, because that, that is known as that location of that church. It's just hard to just brand yourself as a new church. You're like in another church. It just doesn't doesn't work the best way. I think it's best when you have some kind of space that is yours, that's the church. And definitely place comes next. And then you pastor those people. Uh, Then you actively pastor. uh, And then two things happen as as you have years of pastoring. Then you either uh, pass it along to its first pastor, like we did, or you become the pastor, which that's the case that John did, uh, that it was planted and then you became the pastor. And that's really the only, the only two ways it can happen. You know, you plant, and then you plant again. You're a church planter. You continually do it, or you become the pastor, and you refuse all your support when you need to do that, and you become the pastor, and then the church supports your salary. I never took a salary from Liberty View. Everything coming in went out. It stayed within the church, and I never had to take a salary. I've always been supported uh, from 13 years ago now. So um, now I need more of it, but... Um, um, you know, I, I did actively then pastor, continued to, to evangelize and disciple. But uh, by the way, you can tell uh, what kind of planter a guy is, is if he uh, soul wins a lot and never gives, gets away from his evangelism or he, tra- he just transitions to more pastoring. That, that's how you can tell if he's a career church planter. Uh, I always wanted to do big days for evangelism's sake. I, I really didn't look forward to just the day in and day at pastoring because my heart was to plant again, to reach the lost. So that's how you can kind of tell what that, what that planter is like. But it's not, not bad if you're not that way. If you look forward to pastoring your own plant one day, well, you're the plant and stay guy. You know, but if you look forward, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I mean, so many people have said to me, I can't believe you're doing it a second time. Well, I can, because I know how I feel. Like, I, uh, I was in year five when I made the video, I was ready to transition, we weren't ready yet. And then COVID happened, then cancer uh, but yeah, I was, uh, even though it was hard, I was excited to do it again because that was the plan from the beginning is to plant again. And, uh, but you definitely need a pastor though, no matter what the case. And then what do you need last? Oh, uh, uh, what do you need next? I got ahead of myself. What's that last one? You probably saw it right there on the screen. Uh, what do you need next? You need then need to uh, what? Yes, ma'am. You need a pastor. We got one. We're pastoring it. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I agree. Uh, you need to then produce something. You need production. You need to then. You need to become a sending agency. You need to support missions. You need to support church planning. You need to send out missionaries and church planners. Right now, we have a guy in his junior year in Bible college. And we came on a Friday night, led him to the Lord, discipled him, sent him to Bible college. He's in his, in his junior year. His name is Antonio Rubenstein. Proud, of, proud as a proud of, as proud as I can be. Not sinning, you know, like. Uh, I'm very thankful for what he's doing, and uh, he just called me the other day. Actually, I was driving here, and we were talking about things, and I, I, I still told him I'm proud of him. You know, I don't know. I know some Christians don't use that word, but he has no dad, and a lot like me, you know, just a real rough home life. And, uh, and I told him, because he asked my advice. I said, well, as your dad? You know, that's what I would say. And, and he said, thanks, you know. And so we produced something, and there was a young black family that joined a church to plant a church in Long Island. We've definitely tried to foster and reproduce and produce things. And if you do all those things, I think theoretically, you'd probably be in a good position to plant a church. I don't know. And you could add a a whole bunch more uh, words in there. That's just what I came up with What I think it would take to plant a church. But anybody can do it. Let's get involved in it. Let's get a burden for it. Let's pray for it. Let's foster church planters. Let's get behind church planters and not treat them like the redheaded stepchild of Missions work, and let's recognize that America needs the gospel. I mean, there's there's millions of people, 20 million in the metro area of New York City. You need to talk about the metro area here here being, uh, you know, what was it, 2.6? But there, it's 20 million in the metro area. So Long Island's needy, and all the boroughs and the metro North New Jersey area is so tremendously needy, and just no churches there. Although there is 85% Catholic and tons of Catholic churches, but we need some good biblical churches there. But let's pray about these things and let's consider church planting a little bit more than we have. Let's get let's get back America in, in in the way of church planting. Let's reseed America, let's replant America. Let's close in prayer, Heavenly Father, would you help us with these things, Lord? It's just a good guideline to get a burden for church planting, Lord. We need to reach our country. We need to reach the cities of America, especially New York City, and Charlotte, and Chicago, and Miami, and Houston, and L.A. and Sacramento. There's some big areas that need the gospel, need more churches, and we're severely under in urban areas, and I pray you'd give us a burden for that. Help us to do more than we ever have, Lord. Time is short. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor John. You want to stay up for some questions? Sure. All right. So <coughs> who has a question for Dave about church planning or his family or New York City?